return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Um, and tonight I'm going to welcome Deb Colsbeck to come and share us. So welcome here as she comes. Amen. Thank you, Randon. Bless you, bless you. Hallelujah. How's everybody? Good. Yeah. Good. We have a good God, don't we? Mm. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you so much for this house of prayer, this house of praise, where the presence of the Holy Spirit is welcome, and we just say it again. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Thank you. Your word, your living, breathing, powerful, life-changing word. Hallelujah. Mm. May God be magnified tonight and every enemy be scattered. Hallelujah. May God be magnified in this service and in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So, we're continuing. Declarations number two. Hallelujah. I heard a little testimony that at least one person I know is trying it. Anybody else? Are you seeing results? It's amazing, isn't it? The biggest change is inside of us. You all know that. Glory to God. So we started our conversation last week. It was on declarations. Google defines it as a formal or an explicit statement or an announcement. Whenever I intentionally speak the word of God, I'm making a declaration. An announcement to my soul, to my will, to my emotions of what God's word says. A declaration is intentionally speaking truth, no matter what you see or feel or what you're experiencing. The greatest miracle of salvation is believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth. And Colossians 2.6, I believe that's our first scripture here, says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so Walk ye in him. The same principle, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. It's the same throughout our entire Christian life. We believe with our heart. We confess it with our mouth. Second Corinthians 4.13 says we believe and therefore we speak. We frame our world with our words. We steer our ships or our lives with the rudder of our tongue. And if we eat the fruit of our mouth, which the Bible says we do, for goodness sake, let's speak the powerful, the life-giving words that never return empty, that produce life and peace and righteousness. You know, it's one thing to know something. And lots of us know a whole lot about God. Let's face it. But to speak the things of God, to declare them with our own mouth. That takes us to an entirely different level, friends. There's a whole lot of voices out there. 
Albert, the last time I got in on your message, you were preaching on mentors, peers, and what was the other one? Instructors. And God's given us so many, right? Wow. But the most powerful voice in your life is your own. Declarations are also announcements to the enemy. We're really saying we are done with your lies. We are done with those self-hindering beliefs. We're done with living in fear. Being, we're done with being discouraged. We're done with aligning ourselves with hell's intention. And we're giving notice that our hearts now belong to God. You know, last week, I don't know if you noticed, but I gave this, um, well, maybe you did, but you all, everybody kind of stared at me like, weird story. I was giving you the example of how we can abort our own faith-filled prayers with our words. I did it again yesterday. Have you done it again this week, too? I mean, isn't it crazy? I had it. I had it in he- from heaven. I had it in my hand. I had it in my heart. I was even praising the Lord for it. I knew it was mine, and yet, I opened my mouth, you know, in my professional way, giving my little, like, yeah, I aborted my entire prayer. So, I'm learning, you're learning, we're going to get better, right? Our mouths are from now on going to actively unlock the great future that our good, good Father has for us. So we're going to review a couple people I know weren't here last time. Number one, declaring God's word builds my faith. Faith comes by and hearing by the Hallelujah. What better way to hear the word of God from our own mouth? And last time, oh, Annie Rose, not here. Last week, I asked the question, what good is faith? And everybody just stared at me with, bless her heart, Annie Rose laughed right out loud at me. (laughs) And that's what we should be doing with a question like that, right? Because what does the Bible say? Four times it says the just shall live by faith. Yes, and we're talking about the righteous. That's you and me, those of us cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Now, it shows up in Habakkuk first. Chapter 2, verse 4, then Romans 1, 17, then Galatians 3, 11. We're going to peek at it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, God, believe it or not, is actually grieved. Grieved when we cower in fear, and that's actually what that Greek... The original Greek for drawback means to cower in fear. Here's the passion, and I know I forgot to give this to you, the passion for verse 39. It says, but we are certainly, and you can peek at it here, but the passion puts it like this, we are certainly not those who are held back in fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Notice the association of living and walking by faith and experiencing the abundant life. Hallelujah. And our second uh, reason for declaring the word we talked about last week was that it's the fast track to transformation. We spent weeks talking about the command to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We talked about God's method of transformation, of namely getting the word of God into our hearts, meditating on his word. Remember what he told Joshua. It was all about getting it in your heart and then in your mouth. 
He was instructed to meditate day and night. That's not only thinking, friends. Meditate means to mutter, to sing, to speak. I think there's, I should have looked it up, but there's 14 different words, I think, that explain what meditate means. One of it, one of them was roar. There are times when we have to shout the word of God just to let the enemy know and maybe ourselves to know what God has to say on the matter. Like I've said before, if we want to experience something higher, the divine, the supernatural, we're going to have to believe something higher. And if we want to believe something higher, we must hear something higher. It should be coming out of our own mouth. Number three, we talked about declaring God's word releases his power into the situation. Any situation. Any situation. God's words are spirit and they are life. I mean, you know, I'm a reader and sometimes, oh, I love that phrase and I'll write it down. And sometimes I like to quote things I read. And how many wonderful Bible teachers are out there that have wonderful quotes. But there is nothing like speaking the word of the Lord because it's spirit and it's life. John uh, 6.63 says that. And Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation. We talked about last week, Jeremiah 1.12, and we had this crazy glitch with our computer. So we're going to let you see it tonight. Um, are we ready for Jeremiah 1.12 from the New American Standard? The Lord said to Jeremiah, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. King James says, I will hasten my word to perform it. I mean, you know what that means to me? That means God is eager. You know, this afternoon when I was meditating on this, I actually saw God like sitting on the edge of his chair, maybe even standing up. So excited. Okay. Do they believe it? Do they believe it? Are they going to try it? Are they going to say my word out loud? Are they going to believe it? Are they going to speak it over that hopeless situation over there? God is eager to see his word and his intentions fulfilled in our lives. And for that to happen, it's got to be in our heart and in our mouth. We meditated on Isaiah 55, 11. Father's promise that not one word would ever return to him void. And we reiterated it again that it's impossible, absolutely impossible for us to ever declare the word of the Lord and have nothing happen. It's impossible. So I dare you to speak the word of God, declare his word and see God work. So number four tonight, this will be our new one, first new one. Declaring God's word aligns our hearts with his will. And may I say God's will is a whole lot grander, greater, more glorious than any of us could ever dare to contemplate. And that includes for you, friend. There's a wonderful article. Does anybody get the Charisma magazine? There's a wonderful article in this month's November Charisma by uh, Kevin Wallace about the new season ahead for all of us as believers. He called it The After This. And apparently he has a book after the same title. So I'm assuming he might use that scripture from Job 42, 1, uh, not verse 1, 42, 16. Did I give you that scripture? Because um, I've preached on this before. After this, I mean, for 41 chapters, 42 and a half, 
We read of Job's turmoil and his loss and his frustration and all the yuck in his life, which, by the way, lasted, they figure, one year. One year. Then there's the after this. He still lived to 140 years and saw all this glory and all this goodness in his life. There is an after this. And Mr. Wallace is convinced there's an after this coming for all of you and me. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. His quote is, no matter what you've endured or are currently going through. And I believe that's a word for every one of you in here. You're going through some junk. Here's the word of the Lord for you. There is an after this. There is a glory and a goodness and a blessing coming from heaven. For you. And isn't that the message of the gospel? John eleven forty. Jesus said, if you can believe, you will see the glory of God. I've shared it before from Hebrews 4, 1. And that used to be one of Kevin Souter's favorite messages about mixing st- what we hear with faith, right? So here it is. Let us therefore fear. I mean, we should really be a little bit concerned in case we might miss the promises of God. There are 7,000. Be nice if we got in on every one of them, right? Lest a promise being left us of entering his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. In other words, it's possible, friends, to miss God's promise. The divine destiny that's set. For you. Verse 2 For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Hallelujah. We want to mix the word with faith. It's possible to hear it and hear it and not believe it. So we want to add the faith element. Philippians 2.12 says we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we all know, hopefully, that doesn't mean our salvation. Faith, let's see, what's that verse? It's all by grace. It's all by grace through faith. But what this verse is saying, and the same thing we just looked at in Hebrews, is that there is some responsibility on our end to take the living, powerful word of God and believe it. It's our responsibility to mix it with faith. And I personally have not found a more powerful way than to declare the promises over and over, announcing to my mind, proclaiming to my will, to my emotions, to my very heart, what God's will is, what heaven's intention is for me, what is already mine, what's already yours. Like I said, most of us can't even comprehend the greatness, the bigness, the hugeness of what God is wanting actually getting ready right now to do in our own lives, in our family's life. If we could just even see, get a peek into what God wants to do in your family, for your neighbors, for those you work with, we have to get our minds renewed and then we have to start speaking it. Hallelujah. We can't, we want to wrap our minds around the outpouring that's coming. Has anybody heard there's an outpouring coming? All right, we got to believe it and start declaring it. Hallelujah. Sometimes we still see ourselves as so small and insignificant when God wants to wake us up and fill us with faith. 
How are we going to know when we're filled with faith? We're going to be so God conscious everywhere we go that all we can do is talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking it also includes a no lack mentality. If it ever pops into your head, I don't think there's going to be enough. I don't think that's going to work. You better get the word of God declaring out of your mouth immediately. How about, oh, this sickness is here to stay. Come on, that is not from heaven. No, there is no sickness in heaven. How about, oh, nobody loves me. Lie, 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 right? You better write yourself a whole page of declarations of how beloved you are. Can I tell you one of the fun things I found this week? Let's see, where was it? Um, In the chapter, in the book of Luke, where the angel appeared to Mary and said, Hail, thou highly favored one. Do you remember that? Okay, in the Greek, that word highly favored is the very same word used in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, where it says, We are accepted in the beloved. Now, some of us think, accept in the, in the beloved. Okay, God says, well, okay, I'll take you. You, well, sure, I suppose you can come along. No, 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 that's not the way God looks at us. He looks at you and says, oh, highly favored one. Immense favor on you. Ooh, you're my favorite. I mean, that's what it means, highly favored. Yeah, a few of you are smiling. We should, we should just let that soak into who we are today. Sometimes we get like Gideon. God had to send an angel to change his mind. We shouldn't need an angel, friends. We got the word of God. And the first words coming out of that angel's mouth was, God is with you, you mighty man of valor. And he looked at the angel like, I think you got the wrong guy here. Yes, he was hiding in the wine press. Yes, he had taken on the hopelessness of his entire nation. But God saw things differently. God saw the real Gideon, just like he sees the real you and the real you and the real you. And God described him as strong and a mighty warrior. Now, Gideon still wasn't convinced. Do you have that scripture for us? Bring up Judges chapter 6. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, come on, if, if God is with us when... Well, why is all this happening? Where's all the miracles? We look around too. We've already prejudged. Well, if God was really with me, this and this and this and this would be happening. Mm-mm. We can't think like that. We have got to simply believe that God is with us and that he's working. And then verse 14, um, did I get that for you from the NIV? Yes, the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Now, Gideon, this is what I want you to do. You get up and you go. And you go in the strength you have and fulfill this assignment. And I believe God is saying the same thing. God is with you. You are a mighty warrior. We used to have a brother at the assembly that every time he hugged you, you know, that morning kind of greeting or even when you walked in the door, he'd always hug you and say, you mighty woman of God. You mighty man of God. And you can imagine, everybody loved to get hugs from Bob. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
So let's try it. I, I dare you to try it tomorrow looking in the mirror. But we'll just say it right now. You ready? I'll say it first. You repeat. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Now, if you're a woman, say woman. If you're a man, say man. I'm a woman of God. I'm going in the strength I've been given. Now, the default mechanism that works in our brain. I was listening to Andrew Womack a little bit this this, um, this afternoon, and he was saying that we give too much credit to Satan. He, he doesn't have that many demons all shouting and screaming and whispering in our ear that you can't do that. You're, there, there's no solution. It's hopeless. You know, a lot of this is our own flesh. We've just been thinking those things for so long that they just keep, keep coming up. But the default mechanism is God can't use me. I mean, I don't have what it takes. No. He has equipped You. He has empowered you. He has graced you and gifted you with all you'll ever need for life and godliness. 2 Peter 1.3 What we need to do is stir our hearts to believe. We've got to break out this hold the fort mentality, friends. And we've got to start participating with God. We have got to declare his word daily. We have to stir up our hearts to believe God. Prepare our minds and our bodies even for the glory that's about to be poured out. And may I say it again, there is a glory awakening coming. It's already started in the earth. Now, here's a couple shocking to your system kind of declarations. Remember last week I talked about there's these voices that will come up like, that's not true about you. Or, that'll never work for you. You can just shut those things up and just double your dose. Just say it and say it again. So here's a couple. If you, if you can believe, if you just have a mustard seed of faith, say it with me, okay? I win souls in Jesus' name. I win souls in Jesus' name. I impact others with the gospel. I'm a magnet for the lost. They are drawn to me so I can share with them the good news of Jesus. Now, friends, I have to tell you that for years, I renewed my mind with the opposite. Like, I'm not evangelistic. That's not the call on my life. Those things came out of my mouth. They were in my head. I have won people to Jesus, but I was still believing that lie that that was somebody else's assignment. So I'm changing that. I'm renewing my mind now with truth. Did you realize it's possible to renew your mind with untruth? So here's a few more declarations. You notice we're going to kind of scatter them throughout tonight. (laughs) I've been enriched, supernaturally endowed, with power to speak of my faith and of the riches that come from my intimate knowledge of him. My friend, you have been supernaturally endowed to share your faith. We might as well start to declare it. 
Number five, another reason we want to make declarations is so we can demolish those strongholds still hanging on in our hearts and our minds. So, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 4, 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We don't use the world's kind of manipulation and negotiation and revenge and even the world of pretend. We don't do it that way. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Friends, that's Satan's MO. He wants the place of exaltation. He doesn't want people to know or to trust this good, good father that we know and love. And we've got to realize that we have the power to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Um, Do you have verse 5 for us in the NIV? Okay, it explains here that what we want to do, what God wants us to do, is demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And um, Jeremy explained to me that you couldn't pull up Weymouth, so let me read what the Weymouth translation says. We want to overthrow arrogant reckonings and every stronghold that towers high can you just see it in defiance of the knowledge of God and we carry off every thought as if into slavery into subjection to Christ message bible verse 5 we use our powerful god tools for smashing warped philosophies for tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Friends, this is not a mamby-pamby try to just push it over affair. Can you just picture, I I have a picture in my mind of this very feminine little woman. I mean, yes, God has blessed us all, right? We are feminine women, we are masculine men. And sometimes we just see this little stronghold, this big stronghold, and we just try to, okay, I'll just try to tap it. It's not budging. So I guess it's there to stay. No. No, 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 friends. God wants us to overthrow, to demolish the lies. We've been given a sword, the sword of the Spirit, to kill and to cut and to destroy every lie that comes our way. We're talking about aggressive, violent warfare, friends. Matthew eleven twelve, the ESV says it like this. From the days of John the Baptist until now. Whoops, I'll wait for it. That's not the right one, sweetie. Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And it's the violent who take it by force. We're talking about the kingdom of God here, friends. Every kingdom reality you'll have to take by force. You know, I suppose the Israelites, when they entered in the promised land, and we know they did get discouraged. What? There's great big cities. Ah, there's great big giants. Ah, but God said it's yours. Just go out there and fight and it's yours. And that's what God's saying. Come on, it's yours. Every promise in the book is ours. There's a little warfare, yes. 
You can be aggressive, though, and know that it's yours. Jesus already won the victory for us. Number six, another giant reason to make declarations is to combat discouragement. So the story goes that the devil had a sale. He put up all his tools for sale. He had them on public display, and he had each one marked with a sale price. There were a few treacherous implements such as hatred and envy and jealousy and doubt and lying and pride. And then apart from that group of treacherous tools was this kind of harmless-looking tool, very worn and priced extremely high. So one of the purchasers said, Hey, Mr. Devil, what's, what's the name of this tool? Oh, the adversary said, That's discouragement. And the, the purchaser says, well, Why did you price it so incredibly high? Well, the devil said, it's pretty useful to me. I use it more than all the others. With that one, I can pry open and get right inside a person's heart. The other tools, I can't even get close. But once I get inside, hmm, I can make him do just about anything I want. It's a little worn out, I'll admit. I use it on almost everyone. No one has it figured out that it belongs to me. And the price, the extremely high price set on that particular tool, well, it was so high, he never did sell it. And it's still his favorite tool. And he uses it on everybody. I think it's safe to say that discouragement comes to the best of us. So one of the most important things we must do is learn how to encourage ourselves. The writer of Proverbs urges us to guard our hearts. Jesus is the one that said, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. I mean, like example, when I was telling you about my aborting my prayer yesterday, it just reveals what was really in my subconscious. I hadn't gotten myself to that place yet of absolute believing enough to speak out what, what God was saying. I should have been renewing my mind a little bit more, right? All right, do we have Proverbs 4, verse 23? Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. The voice Bible, above all else, above all else, watch over your heart. Diligently guard it because from a sincere and pure heart come the good and noble Things of life. The Hebrew Names Bible actually explains that our heart is the wellspring of life. Now we're going to stay here in the Voice Bible and go to verse 24. Because it's kind of interesting what the very next verse says. Did I give that to you? I didn't. Oh my, my, my. Okay, verse 24. My apologies. The next verse. Let's start again. Above all else, watch over your heart. Diligently guard it, because from a sincere and pure heart come the good and noble things of life. Verse 24 says, do away with any talk that twists and distorts the truth. Now, I shared last week, and my husband said, goodness, that was so good, Debbie. I had never realized that. What happens is we get in a moment where we're frustrated, we're wondering 
I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. And we speak out of our angst. We just have to get this out of our hearts. So we end up speaking stuff that aligns with hell instead of heaven. So we have to do away with these words of ours that twist and distort the truth. So we don't want to align ourselves with the enemy. We don't want to succumb to his popular tool of discouragement. And we sure don't want to slip into hopelessness. And we all heard Pastor Dave's wonderful message this morning on hope. Ours is a God of hope. Hallelujah. If you've ever caught yourself saying it's never going to change. In fact, I want to step on a, out on a limb. If you've ever spoken the word never at all. It's probably the devil. I remember I used to, when my little kids would break something. Did your kids ever break something you liked? Ah! I would catch myself saying, I can never have pretty things. And I thought, you know, or, you know, you do it sometimes when you're arguing with your mate. You never, boom, 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 boom. You know, that's just not from God. (laughs) Or if you catch yourself saying it's hopeless. Or there's no solution. Or it's impossible. Or even I can't. That's the exact time we have to speak the word of the Lord in massive doses. So here we go again. Ready? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the head and not the tail. God has commanded the blessing in my life. And it cannot be reversed. Do you guys believe that? Ooh, that's a good one. There is always a solution. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Friends, it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And we've got to make it a top priority to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4.4. Why do you think he said, again, I say rejoice? The Passion Bible, Philippians 4.4. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow. Who are we united with, friends? Who is one with us, in us, living in us? Have you seen the chosen? How many have seen the chosen? How many times do you see Jesus do something other than smile? I mean, he's just bursting with joy. I think I got this a little bit later in my message, but um, I have a friend who actually had Jesus appear to him. He was in the middle of, uh, he was at the hospital doing one of those heart stress tests. And Jesus walked right through the door into the room, and his words were, David, I have loved you forever. And David said, um, it was just like he didn't have a care in the world. He was just so easy, so relaxed, so completely sure that everything was in his father's hands. I mean, what if we could live like that, huh? Praise God. We have to consistently and constantly give thanks. I'm sure you'll have lots of reminders this month about that. 
We want to laugh at the lies of the devil, celebrate the fact that God is at work. And I just want to say again, nothing has made a bigger difference in my personal life in this area of discouragement than making declarations daily. I don't know about your mind and your brain and your heart, but mine needs to be reminded constantly of who God says I am. So daily I magnify him instead of my problem. Daily I take time to praise and worship. Two more verses. I'm a little, I'm supposed to be done, but you're going to hang in there for two more? All right, Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that you might still the enemy and the avenger. So God's given us one of these tools of praise, praise, praise gratefulness and thanksgiving to the Lord. It's a tool that will release strength into our life, but it's also going to shut up the enemy. Hallelujah. All right, here's the last verse, Isaiah 12, verse 3. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Oh, my goodness. It's the bucket we use, friends. We've got this well of salvation, health, and provision, and protection, and peace, and joy, and rest, and power, and authority, and fruitfulness. Any of those spiritual blessings that are all ours in Christ. But what bucket do you use to draw it out? It's supposed to be joy. It's with joy. And in my life, my, my declarations, I know I'm supposed to say, I declare and decree. But I, I'm always starting with, Lord, I just praise you. I'm just so thankful that I'm your beloved. And the favor of the Lord is upon me. I'm just so thankful, Lord, that you're working in my family's life. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. So I already told you about um, my friend David and his visit with, from Jesus. So will you say that with me? He loves me. He's loved me forever. He's loved me forever. I am the disciple Jesus loves. Nothing will ever separate me from the love of God. My heart is glad and bursting with joy. All right, stand up with me. I bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. I declare and decree that your gracious hand is upon these glorious people that you love, that you adore. Thank you that you're granting them revelation knowledge. Thank you, Lord, as they read your word, things are going to pop out to them. Ooh, I've got to start speaking that one. Yes, Lord, thank you that you're gracing them with blessing after blessing and favor upon favor. I bless you, Jesus, that as we delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I declare and decree you are blessed, you are prospered, you are empowered, and it's going to be a good week in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Anybody need prayer? I'll be glad to agree with you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 
692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.